all throughout this past week, we have watched the slow rolling of the Biden family scandal. At first, it was just emails, then the laptop, then photos, then a report to the Delaware police, potentially for endangering children. This has been a strategic move by those publishing these documents, or at least giving them out to journalists who then publish them. As I warned early on, the information they're releasing is just the tip of the iceberg. In most strategies for maximum impact, they're going to slow roll out the information. And now we're at a point where it has reached historic proportions. Initially, Joe Biden was accused of using his office to make money. And his son was his intermediary. Hunter Biden was placed on the board of Burisma, receiving 50 to $83,000 per month for what? The family name. Now, Joe Biden said that he has nothing to do with this. He doesn't talk to his son about foreign business dealings, and he is completely innocent. These are just baseless smears. And now, which the thing that is elevating this to a level of historic proportions, a former partner, a man named Tony Bobulinski, has come out blowing the whistle, saying, Joe Biden does and did talk with his son about foreign business dealings. It was not just Hunter Biden. Apparently, Joe Biden signed off and advised on these deals because it was the Biden family name. And in fact, according to this former business partner who's on the emails himself, the Bidens made millions from the Chinese behind his back, which brings me to the next big breaking revelation. Kamala Harris Prominent Democrats listed as key contacts for Biden family business venture projects. They are listed in these business dealings. Now, for the time being, it doesn't mean much. It just means they may have been involved and we don't know to what level of involvement. But I will warn you again, we are facing a slow roll. The media needs to be embarrassed beyond all recognition. The way I described it at this point, our media in this country has negative credibility. If they say something, I just assume the opposite is true. Early on, big tech censored this story. Now, one of the biggest political scandals, at least in my opinion, in U.S. history, a a former vice president, to what extent he was using his office to enrich his family. He's been accused of it before. And big tech covered it up and the media covered it up. And I kid you not, we got a statement from NPR saying we don't care about non-stories. We won't cover this. And that is what makes this scandal historic. It's not just about Joe Biden. It's about the cover up, the censorship and how our media has failed in every possible respect. Maybe this would all just blow over. Maybe it just made Joe Biden look bad. But the, the, the level to which we are seeing the media assist the Democrats in this one is shocking. Donald Trump recently leaked the contents of a 60 minutes interview, which only lasted about 45. And in it, Leslie Stahl says we can't verify the laptop and outright lie because they've already verified the laptop. The FBI's got it. The the contents were forwarded to the police and a whistleblower, former partner, has confirmed some of these contents. So maybe you don't know where the laptop came from. Sure, fine. But I think it's shocking the lack of curiosity, the active cover up, the censorship from big tech, the desperate attempt to hide this makes this one of the biggest scandals in our history. Let me read you the story first and tell you tell you what's going on with Harris possibly being involved. Before we get started, 
Head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. But the best thing you can do is share this video. This is extremely important information. And I am not happy that it is being released just before the election. In my personal opinion, it is being used to manipulate the election to help Donald Trump. I don't know by who or why, but of course, that's probably the case. Unfortunately for us, we don't have the luxury of ignoring this pertinent information, and we need to get to the bottom of it. If that hurts Joe Biden, well, then so be it. The media cover up, the big tech cover up is horrifying. That's why you should share this video. The media won't report it. I should say, for the most part, there are some people who are actually doing their jobs. And big tech is actively censoring it. As of right now, the New York Post is still locked out of their social media accounts for a story that we now know is confirmed. And it's an earth shattering revelation. Why won't they release the suspension on the New York Post? They're trying their hardest to prevent you from learning about this. If you think I'm doing a good job, please consider sharing this so people can hear about what's going on. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Of course, the YouTube plug as well. Let's read the story from Fox News. Harris, prominent Democrats listed as key contacts for Biden family business venture projects. Fox News says a list of key domestic contacts for a joint venture involving Jim and Hunter Biden and now bankrupt CEFC China Energy Co. included former Vice President Joe Biden's current running mate, Senator Kamala Harris, among other prominent Democrats Fox News has learned. An email exclusively obtained by Fox News with the subject line, Phase 1 Domestic Contacts Projects, and dated May 15th, 2017, Biden's brother, Jim Biden, shared a list of key domestic contacts for Phase 1 target projects. The email is unrelated to the laptop or hard drive purportedly belonging to Hunter Biden, the former vice president's son. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't know what this means. It could mean that they know Kamala and they wanted her just to be, maybe they wanted advice. Who knows? I tell you this, I don't trust them. I don't. And I am worried with a trans-Pacific partnership that was being pushed through by the Obama administration. There was uh, an effort to send our jobs, manufacturing base, and work on foreign business dealings with China. That's essentially what the trans-Pacific partnership was going to do, among many, many other things. So if you were to tell me that a bunch of Democrats were involved in this, I'd believe it. Why wouldn't they be? They were going to they, they knew the deals that were coming. Why wouldn't they enrich themselves off it? I mean, maybe because it's against the law or it's crooked or corrupt or unethical. I don't know. But I wouldn't put it past them. They say the list included Harris of California, Chuck Schumer, Amy Klobuchar, Dianne Feinstein, Kirsten Gillibrand, Andrew Cuomo, Bill de Blasio and former Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, among others. It is unclear if any of the Democrats were ever contacted about the target projects. To be very, very, very clear, it may just be that those are people they wanted to get in touch with. We'll see how these things roll out because it's been a slow roll, and I'm willing to bet they're going to let this fester, let the media try and poo-poo it and downplay it, then drop the evidence. The email was sent to Jim, to Hunter Biden, Tony Bobulinski, Rob Walker, and James Gillier. Bobulinski was an institutional investor who was recruited by the Biden family to run their joint venture with now bankrupt CEFC China Energy Co. Bobulinski is a former lieutenant in the U.S. Navy and served as a CEO of Sinahawk Holdings, which he said was the partnership between CEFC and Chairman Yi and the Biden family. I mean, that's, this is the Communist Party, man. Quote, I was brought into the company by the CEO of James Gilliar, Hunter Biden, Bobulinski said in a statement to Fox News. 
The reference to the big guy in the much publicized May 13th, 2017 email is in fact a reference to Joe Biden. The other JB, Joe's brother. Now, I'm not going to read through this statement from Fox News. I want to show you this from the Daily Caller. It is going to ignite. We are only a week and a half away from the day of the general election. The election is currently happening. All of this is having an impact. Will Donald Trump win? I don't know. But a trove of documents has just been dumped. Political and strategic value of the Biden family. Trove of documents show Biden family links to Chinese business deal. Now, I'm going to stop for a second. A lot of people have said, Tim, why won't you talk about Donald Trump and his secret bank account? That's right. His secret bank account in China, which is on his tax records, which the government knows about and has, uh, I think, $188,000 in it because Trump is an international real estate mogul and wanted to set up hotels in China. That doesn't surprise me at all. There's been a bunch of other accusations I can't corroborate. But sure, you want to talk about Donald Trump? We can. That doesn't deflect from what we're learning about Joe Biden. And the Joe Biden scandal is massive. You know, what I don't understand and what really freaks me out. The people who are defending the establishment and defending Biden. How many days has have been spent railing on Donald Trump and calling him corrupt? And I got to be honest, I've I've been, I've partook in many of these and I'm still planning on voting for the guy. I know. Shocking to a lot of people. I've criticized Trump and his business dealings and U.S. government's stay, uh, government act, uh, officials or, or military personnel staying at his, his properties. Yeah, I've criticized that. But now that we're well beyond beating the dead horse, can we talk about how big tech, the media, are, are censoring and hiding this scandal? I'm sorry. I know it's opportune for Trump, the timing of these documents. What should I do? Ignore them? That's apparently what the media's plan has been the whole time. Well, it's too close to an election, so we're not going to report the news. Sorry, I won't play those games. The election, that's not on me. Telling you what's going on with this story, that is. And I understand the implications, but it's not for me to decide. It's for you to decide. And the more information you have, the better you are, uh, the better off you are. Here's what the Daily Caller says. A former business partner of Hunter Biden has provided a trove of business records to Senate investigators about their deals with the Chinese energy company, including one document that touts political and strategic value of the Biden family to a $10 million investment project. Tony Bobulinski, the former Biden associate, said in a statement on Wednesday that he provided the documents to the Senate Homeland Security Committee. In his statement, he asserted that Hunter Biden and his uncle, James Biden, aggressively leveraged their family name to secure foreign business deals. He went beyond that. He said Joe Biden signed off on this. He was well aware of what was going on. What would happen if Joe Biden beholden to China in debt to them? Maybe they've got dirt on him becomes president. Sound familiar? That's the narrative they used about Trump and Russia. And that turned out to be bunk. The information they had on Trump and Russia turned out to be opposition research from the Steele dossier, which was not credible in the least bit. And now we know all trash. What do we have here? I don't know where this laptop came from. I know it exists. I know the FBI has it. The information's been corroborated by a witness who's provided more documents and backed a lot of this up. That's substantially more evidence. Now, when when the Russiagate thing was happening, I covered it and entertained it. And I said we should look into this because maybe it's true. I, I dedicated my time to it and it was bunk. And I'm going to dedicate my time to talking about Joe Biden and what's going on in this story. The media, of course, is covering up what we know is 
We have text messages now where these people knew what they were doing was dangerous, wrong, unethical, and they were scared about what it would do to Joe. And they went forward with it. So no, there's no smear campaign here. They got caught. They say the DCNF has obtained the documents, which include letters, texts, emails showing Biden and his partners discussing a partnership with CEFC, a Chinese energy firm chaired by Yi Jinming. The treasure trove of records are separate from documents purportedly from Hunter Biden's laptop. The story is getting bigger. The name of the joint venture, uh, Bobby Lenski was part of a five person partnership with Hunter Biden and his uncle, James Biden, on a venture involving CEFC. The name of the venture was Oneida Onietta Holdings, according to documents, probably pronouncing it wrong. A Senate report released on September 23rd flagged Hunter Biden's business dealings with CEFC and Yi, who was an official with the Chinese propaganda front group in the 2000s. Some of these transactions were flagged by banking regulators regulators for possible criminal activity, the Senate report said. Okay, I have covered a bit of this, and I'm sure many of you are, are familiar with who this whistleblower is, this guy coming forward and, and exposing some of this stuff. I'll show you just a little bit more, and I want to show you what's going on with, with the censorship and the media willfully gloating about how they refuse to cover this news. They say Bobby Linsky's documents provide much deeper insight into the relationship with the CEFC than did the Senate report, including in the trove of letters, emails, and contracts between the comp- uh, uh, CEFC and Onida and a related company, Sinohawk. Quote, I look forward to leveraging those relationships along with the political and strategic value of the Biden family. James Gillyar and CEFC to fulfill Sinehawk's mission, Bobby Linsky wrote on June 15th, 2017. According to one document, CEFC provided $5 million interest free uh, as an interest free loan to the Bidens. The $5 million loan to BD family is interest free. But if the $5 million is used up, should CEFC keep lending more to the family? If CEFC lends more, they need to know the interest rate for the subsequent loans, the company wrote to Bobby Linsky on August 1st. The batch of documents also includes an email published last week that was purportedly from Hunter Biden's laptop. Democrats have cast doubt on the authenticity of the emails purportedly from Biden's laptop, but Bobby Linsky confirmed. So where where is the uh, the media? They're hiding. Take a look at this. Mike Emanuel from Fox News says, May 20th, 2017, text exchange obtained by Fox News. Tony Bobby Linsky is warned by business partner James Gilliar, quote, don't mention Joe being involved. It's only when you are face to face. I know you know that, but they are paranoid. Really? Paranoid about what? He says Joe Biden is a reference. I'm, I'm sorry, Joe is a reference to Joe Biden. May 20, 2017, a text from, from Tony Bobulinski to business associate James Gilliar about Hunter. Quote, you need to stress to H. Does he want to be the reason or factor that blows up his dad's campaign? Things need to be done right and protective of that fact. Interesting. This guy was trying to make sure they were doing the right thing. And he says he didn't want them making money off the Chinese Communist Party. And they went behind his back to do so. They knew that what they were doing was wrong. And if people found out Joe Biden was involved, it would look really, really bad and blow up his dad's campaign. So is that a smear? Is that fake news? Or is that something they knew if they got caught, the American people would be outraged by? They knew. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the American media. NPR public editor tweets. Why haven't you seen any stories from NPR about the New York Post's Hunter Biden story? Read more in this week's newsletter. And we have a quote. 
We don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listeners and readers time on stories that are just pure distractions. Terrence Samuels, NPR's managing editor for news on the New York Post Hunter Biden story, the office of the public editor. Not really stories. Waste of time. Let me ask you, as a, for those of you that are Americans, I suppose, do you believe it's important to know whether or not the former vice president is using his name to receive millions of dollars from the Chinese Communist Party, from companies associated with them? Do you believe that's pertinent to this election? I do. I thought it was pertinent to uh, uh, the presidency after Trump had already won if he was receiving money from the Russians. And we entertained that investigation that turned out to be nothing. It was fake. Many people knew it and they lied. They went on TV and they lied. But privately, they testified they knew there was no evidence. And still me, I, many other people, we entertained this because we thought it was important. And right now, I think it's extremely important. If Joe Biden becomes president, will he sell us out to Chinese interests? And I believe the answer is yes. I believe he will. Trump stopped the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Leftists were screaming about it forever. Bernie Sanders opposed it. Now what? If Joe Biden wins, we re-enter this free unilateral free trade agreement, giving China all of this access to our intellectual property, to our manufacturing jobs. They can even uh, uh, look. I don't know what's going to happen because the TPP is gone, but they may and probably will create something similar. We were seeing our manufacturing disappear. Our factories were going to many other countries, notably China. We don't make our own medicine anymore. So when the pandemic hit, we were in serious trouble or our medical equipment. I am worried if Joe Biden gets elected, he will do everything in his power to to help China and he will be beholden to them. I know that for a very, very long time, Donald Trump has actually quite insulted China a bit and said nasty things about him, but called them out. And that's been a big portion of his campaign. I believe that the, the Democrats are probably involved in some capacity because these establishment crony politicians have been doing this for generations, slowly eroding the working class in this country, sending your factory jobs to China. Why? Cheap. It's cheaper. And they get a kickback or something. I don't know. They reap the rewards. They become lobbyists for these companies after the fact. Companies got to pay, what, 30 bucks an hour to an American laborer and union wages? Oh, get out of here. Three bucks an hour. Send it over to Xinjiang or something. People will do, you know, they'll get people to work in China for dirt and they'll make money off it. Look at Apple and Foxconn and the horrible, horrifying conditions. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. And they've convinced the left the real reason is that the billionaire class are, are, are stealing from you. They are, but they're doing it by sending your jobs overseas. That's how they're doing it. But Bernie Sanders, while he's telling you this, he's also telling you to vote for the guy who's funded by Wall Street, and that's Joe Biden. Now, I have questions. We understand why the media is covering this up. They're, they're in it for the Democrats. That's, that's the only way I can say it. NPR, do they really think it's a non-story? They must be lying. Take a look at this. Unanswered questions for big tech. A week from the New York, uh, a week on from the New York Post story, we deserve answers from The Spectator. It's been a full week since the New York Post published their first story about Hunter Biden's laptop, which is currently in FBI possession. The purported contents of the laptop, which were released selectively in several news stories by the Post, include private emails and photographs. These have yet to be proven as forgeries or inauthentic. Swiftly, cable news pundits and liberal-leaning journalists began wondering whether the laptop 
the repair service in Delaware or the source of the leak to the post were part of a foreign campaign. But the DNI, FBI, DOJ and State Department all said there was no evidence to support these theories. It's also been a full week since at the behest of journalists, Twitter and Facebook and their communications officers locked the New York Post out of their own Twitter account and blocked any linking of the story to prevent its spread. Andy Stone, a former employee, employee of Senator Barbara Boxer and the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, who now holds a comms position at Facebook, tweeted, he tweeted afterwards they were going to reduce the visibility of the story. I want you to now think about how serious this is. A couple of years ago, I reported on an individual who, I'll keep, I'll keep it short, lied to the press. And I said, this is clearly fake news. Here's why. But my reporting contradicted the Associated Press. My video on YouTube got pulled down for bullying. That's what they said. A day later, the Associated Press issued a correction, and my story was then later reinstated. I said, if they can take down my fact check, it's only a matter of time before big tech goes after legitimate news organizations and you. Here we are. The New York Post published what we now know to be an earth shattering revelation, scandals of historic proportions. They censored this story saying, well, it's not verified. They lied. They said, oh, oh it's hacked material. It wasn't. Oh, well, well, it's, it, it, it was it was obtained through through uh, with, without authorization. So was Trump's tax returns from The New York Post. So was the recording of Melania Trump. So was the image of Rudy, Rudy Giuliani laying back in a bed, none of which have been censored or banned in any way. Twitter panicked and they censored what we now know to be a story of historic significance. They censored it. And still right now, the New York Post is suspended and locked out of their account. They can't post anything. Social media blocked important information the the American people needed to know during an election. So here's what scares me. There's probably a lot of people right now who said, I already voted my my word. What should I do? Perhaps a week ago, you voted early. Two weeks ago, you voted early, you voted Joe Biden. You know, Trump's got his issues. And now you realize Trump's got his issues. But this is something else. Look, at the very least, Joe Biden lied when he said he wasn't involved in his son's business dealings. The worst case scenario is that he's been running this racket with his family since long before he was vice president. I think so. Working class Joe becoming a millionaire. His son has daughters in Ivy League schools. His brother, Politico magazine, called this out with with an article called Biden Inc. Joe Biden was in public office. He uses influence to get his family rich. That's how he reaps the rewards. I can't believe it that we're at this point now where a story this significant is being blocked and censored. But we went for years with unsubstantiated conspiracy garbage over Russia. Check this out. Donald Trump published his 60 minutes interview. The full thing apparently is like 45 minutes. So people can see exactly the raw conversation. Anders Hagstrom says this exchange between Trump and Leslie Stahl is insane. She repeatedly insists the Biden laptops can't be verified, so reporters shouldn't talk about it. Trump asks her why it can't be verified. Her answer, because it can't be verified. Here's the transcript. Trump mentions laptop. Trump says, I think it's one of the biggest scandals I've ever seen and you won't cover it. Well, because it can't be verified. I'm telling you, of course it can be verified. Excuse me. They found the laptop. Leslie, it can't be verified. It's just a lie. It's a lie over and over again. That's it. We know we have a whistleblower. 
And you know what's crazy is I still get people responding saying, it's unsubstantiated, Tim. Why are you covering this? Why won't you talk about Trump's scandals? I did when the stories came out. I absolutely did. I did. I dedicated an entire segment to talking about Trump and what he was doing with the military and his resorts and all that stuff. And he wanted the G7 at Doral. I did. And I criticized him. And you know what? Conservatives agreed. They said Trump should not be doing this. Surprise, surprise. I'll tell you this. You want to know how I know we are on the right side of things? Whether or not we win, I don't know. There's two, there's, there's two ways to put it. I often say to people, I can denounce Antifa violence. I can denounce white supremacist violence. I can name these groups. I can say the Proud Boys are very, very deserving of criticism. They shouldn't be engaging in these fights in the streets, but they're not white supremacists. I can be honest. I can right now condemn Joe Biden for using his office and influence to enrich his family and himself. And I can also criticize Donald Trump for having government uh, agencies or military personnel or trying to use his personal businesses for these government uh, events. Among other things, I mean, his kids have, have made money. I can criticize Trump for a lot of things. I, I rag on him for his character all the time. In the real world, I can say I get it. Trump does bad things. He does. I think so. But I can talk about Joe Biden as well. We don't get that from the left. We don't. When the Wall Street Journal finally comes out and says the Bidens and China business, the story won't go away without explanation, even if the Veep wins. We know. Come on. We know they've done stuff. The scandal to me. Look, if you came to me and you said Joe Biden was enriching himself as his fan, you know, enriching himself off of his office and benefiting his family, I kind of say, I mean, what else is new? They all do it, right? Maybe Trump does it. That's not the biggest issue for me. If you're mad that Trump is doing it, Trump went on stage and said, well, I'm going to have the G7 at my, my, my event. What's wrong with that, huh? And he was like, we're going to have the military stay at my resorts. They love it. It's fantastic. He just says it. And then when he gets criticized for it, he walked back the G7 thing. Trump's out in the open with what he's doing. Joe Biden lied to my face. I, I don't talk with my kid about this stuff. Actually, Joe, you do. And now people are flipping on you. The scandal is the censorship. The failures of the media, the lies from the media to protect Joe Biden and help him win. And now Kamala Harris may be involved as well. Man, I, I am I am uh, I am really worried about what happens if the Democrats win. You know, I was I was talking to a friend who asked me, is this is, is there has, has there ever been a time like this in history? Has it always been has it ever been this bad? And I said, there's few instances in history where it's been this bad, where I genuinely believe that should the Democrats take the House, the Senate and the presidency, this country will not be the same. It won't. I don't even I don't know what it'll be. But they want to pack the courts. Joe Biden recently came out and said he wanted to go well beyond packing the courts, putting a panel together to fundamentally change the courts outright. If the Democrats take everything. They're going to change the rules. They're going to change everything. And they are going to do everything in their power to make sure a Republican can never a Republican can never win again. In fact, they may even move to abolish the Electoral College. And the media is helping them do it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. It is a different channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an explosive and breaking update. Information that may expose one of the biggest political scandals in U.S. history. 
Joe Biden was using his brother and his son as intermediaries to make money off of his influence, apparently signing off on these deals his son was working, according to a business partner included in the emails that have thus far been released, confirming their authenticity. This man, Tony Bobulinski, has issued a public statement saying it is true, calling out the Bidens. This is corroborating evidence from a, a, a fact witness involved in the dealings. Joe Biden peddling his influence using his brother and his son, not just his son, his brother as well. We have a statement and I'm going to read it for you. The New York Post writes, Hunter business partner confirms email details Joe Biden pushed to make millions from China. Before I read through this opinion piece from the New York Post breaking down their assessment, I want to show you the actual statement from Tony Bobulinski. Tony is the man who is actually on the email chain. And let me show you perhaps one of the images that is the most damning we've seen already. Take a look. Here's here's a segment from one of the emails. At the moment, there's a provisional agreement that the equity will be distributed as follows. 20H, 20RW, 20JG, 20TB, 10 Jim, 10 held by H for the big guy. Curious as to why in the email correspondence between business partners, they used initials instead of the actual names. Perhaps they knew at some point the emails may be scrutinized. Well, now we can see that 24TB was Tony Bobulinski, who has come out and said Jim is Jim Biden and H for the big guy is Hunter holding money for Joe Biden. This is essentially confirmed. There's a lot to break down here. I want to read you this guy's statement. But this flies in the face of what Joe Biden has been saying. Lies. Joe Biden lied to the American people when he said it is a smear. It is not true. My son was not doing this. He is lying. When he said, I've never discussed business deals with my son, Tony Bobulinski, a business partner with Hunter Biden and Joe said that is a lie. Tonight is the debate. Donald Trump, read this statement for your opening statement. Let me read it for you. Bobulinski's statement in full. My name is Tony Bobulinski. The facts set forth below are true and accurate. They are not any form of domestic or foreign disinformation. Any suggestion to the contrary is false and offensive. I am the recipient of the email published seven days ago by the New York Post, which showed a copy to Hunter Biden and Rob Walker. That email is genuine. This afternoon, I received a request from the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs and the Senate Committee on Finance requesting all documents relating to my business affairs with the Biden family, as well as various foreign entities and individuals. I have extensive relevant records and communications, and I intend to produce those items to both committees in the immediate future. I am the grandson of a 37-year Army intelligence officer, the son of a 20-plus-year career naval officer, and the brother of a 28-year career naval flight officer. I myself served our country for four years, and left the Navy as Lieutenant Bobulinski. I held a high-level security clearance and was an instructor and then CTO for Naval Nuclear Power Training Command. I take great pride in the time my family and I served this country. I am also not a political person. What few campaign contributions I have made in my life were to Democrats. If the media and big tech companies had done their jobs over the past several weeks, I would be irrelevant in this story. Given my long-standing service and devotion to this great country, I could no longer allow my family's name to be associated or tied to Russian disinformation 
or implied lies and false narratives dominating the media right now. After leaving the military, I became an institutional investor, investing extensively around the world and on every continent. I have traveled to over 50 countries. I believe hands down we live in the greatest country in the world. What I am outlining is fact. I know it is fact because I lived it. I am the CEO of Cinehawk Holdings, which was a partnership between the Chinese operating the Chinese operating through CEFC, Chairman Yi and the Biden family. I was brought into the company to be the CEO by James Gillier and Hunter Biden. The reference to the big guy in the much publicized May 13th, 2017 email is, in fact, a reference to Joe Biden. The other JB referenced in that email is Jim Biden, Joe's brother. Hunter Biden called his dad the big guy or my chairman and frequently referenced asking him for his sign off or advice on various political deals that were, we were discussing. I've seen Vice President Biden saying he never talked to Hunter about his business. I've seen firsthand that that's not true because it wasn't just Hunter's business. They said they were putting the Biden family name and its legacy on the line. I realized the Chinese were not really focused on a healthy financial return on investment. They were looking at this as a political or influence investment. Once I realized that Hunter wanted to use the company as his personal piggy bank by just taking money out of it as soon as it came from the Chinese, I took steps to prevent that from happening. The Johnson report connected some dots in a way that shocked me. It made me realize the Bidens had gone behind my back and gotten paid millions of dollars by the Chinese, even though they told me they hadn't and wouldn't do that to their partners. I would ask the Biden family to address the American people and outline the facts so I can go back to being irrelevant. And so I am not put in a position to have to answer those questions for them. I don't have a political axe to grind. I just saw behind the Biden curtain and I grew concerned with what I saw. The Biden family aggressively leveraged the Biden family name to make millions of dollars from foreign entities, even though some were from communist controlled China. God bless America. I tell you this. I'm not I'm not going to impugn the honor of this man who has come out and issued this bold statement, essentially blowing the whistle on the Biden family peddling influence. But I wonder how much of this is motivated by self-preservation. The dam is breaking. The ex- exposing the Biden family is here. I can already hear the left saying, but what about Trump? But what about Trump? Sure. But what about Joe Biden? You want to call out you want to call out Trump's business dealings, his family dealings, all of that foreign investment. Oh, yeah, you betcha. And what about the Bidens? I, I, I return to you in kind. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I know who I'm going to vote for. and I know why. Joe Biden is a 47 year career politician, working class Joe who became a millionaire and afterwards lied to you, to me. I didn't talk with my son about this. I wasn't involved in, 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 in that Burisma deal stuff. I wasn't I wasn't peddling the Biden family name. And now the dots are being connected. Here's what you need to understand. First, the CEFC deal that we are seeing publicized. It was it was it was a much publicized May 13th, 2017 email. Why that email was after Joe Biden left office. The first consideration is, yes, that's true. Take it to heart. It's important. This was a deal that happened after Joe Biden left. However, This means that the Biden family is in bed with Chinese Communist Party interests. You want to complain about Donald Trump and the Russians? 
Here we have direct whistleblowing. They are connected to Chinese communist interests. At a time when we are facing potential military conflict and a trade war, our, one of our fiercest adversaries being the Chinese Communist Party, we need to consider what that means for putting Joe Biden in office. He would compromise the security of this country. Now, they say the same thing about Donald Trump and Russia. That's just not true. I'm sorry. You know why? We've gone through years of Russiagate. Okay, it turned out to be bunk. So don't play those games with me. Now, here's the bigger consideration. If if, if what Bobulinski is saying is true, and I have no reason to doubt this naval officer who's coming out and saying they did this, he is telling us right now this wasn't Hunter Biden's business. Not only was Joe in communication with Hunter on these dealings, but it was the Biden family name. In that reference to Joe Biden not talking to Hunter, they were asking about Burisma. That was when Joe Biden used his power as vice president to dangle a billion dollars in front of Ukrainian prime minister president saying, fire the prosecutor or you're not getting the money. Was that part of the Biden family name business as well? Yes, at least in my opinion. If this if what Bobulinski is saying is true, Joe Biden's response to the Burisma scandal was, I do not discuss business dealings with my son. Joe Biden was called out by a business partner saying that's not true. So what does that mean? As far as I can then surmise, Joe Biden was discussing Ukrainian energy dealings with his son. And when that when the Democrats on the left come out and try and defend Joe Biden, they say it is not. Here's what they try and claim. Burisma wasn't under active investigation. Joe Biden was getting the prosecutor fired because he wasn't prosecuting the corrupt individuals like Mykola Zachevsky, the founder of Burisma, the company that put Hunter Biden on its board of directors, even though he didn't speak the language. Crazy, right? And even though he had no experience in the sector. But they always say that word active investigation. Why? Well, because it is a fact that Burisma was under an investigation. However, the investigation was inactive. And there's a million one reasons we can we can assume as to why it was inactive. But the reality is Viktor Shokin, the prosecutor in Ukraine, was investigating Burisma's founder, Michael Zachevsky, who fled the country. Perhaps that's the reason why it was under it, the, the investigation went inactive. I'm not entirely sure. It is now my personal belief upon seeing Tony Bobulinski that all of this is confirmed. Joe Biden knew what his son was doing. He knew what Rosemont Seneca was doing. He knew that Hunter Biden was was his intermediary, was 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 Joe Biden's path towards making money. I'd like to remind you of a story put out by Politico magazine called Biden Inc. Talks about how Jim, his brother and his son were getting lucrative deals where they seemingly had no business getting lucrative deals. And it would seem they were using the Biden name. Why? Because Joe had power in the U.S. government. And that meant when you did a deal with Hunter and Jim, you were actually doing a deal with Joe. But Joe can't put his name on it. Of course not. Joe could not put his name on it because he was the vice president. And that means all of the dots and the pieces are coming together. Hunter Biden got a job on a, on a Burisma, a, a corrupt company founded by a corrupt individual who was under an investigation who had fled the country. Joe Biden intervened 
after several uh, some communications between Blue Star Strategies, a PR firm that was representing Burisma, as far as I understand. Joe Biden goes to Ukraine, fire that prosecutor. He claimed it was because the prosecutor was dirty and wasn't doing his job. And many in the media defended him saying, oh, but the international community wanted the prosecutor fired. Why is the U.S. sending their vice president to a foreign country to interfere in, 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 uh, in their affairs? Seems strange to me, but sure, probably you can make up some reasons. But Victor Shokin sw- uh, signed a sworn affidavit that he was going to be investigating Hunter Biden, Burisma, Joe Biden's son. Joe Biden got a new prosecutor installed who cleared the Burisma founder of all wrongdoing. And that is the most important detail. They are lying in our faces. Joe Biden saw a path to wealth with his office. He's an individual who became a millionaire, became wealthy after becoming a public servant. That makes you wonder about what he's been doing in his long 47 year career. Joe Biden is crooked. Now, Donald Trump may be a, 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 a crooked businessman. He may be all the things you think he is. And, and I'll tell you what, fine. But Donald Trump did not enrich himself off of being president. Quite the opposite. Donald Trump's net worth has declined as he has become president. In fact, he's losing money. This is, this is, this is the issue I take with this bit with this story. OK, let me tell you. They say Donald Trump is trying to make money off the office or that he's enriching his family. But I see that to be uh, doesn't make sense. Now, it's, now it's, it's true. Ivanka Trump has gotten patents. I've read those stories. Maybe it's not true. I don't, I've read the stories that she's gotten patents, patents in China and that her and, and, and Jared Kushner have made a lot of money, perhaps. But Donald Trump was making lots more money with a higher net worth before he went into the White House. They try arguing that Trump was worrying. He was panicking because his businesses were failing. I don't buy it. I don't. Trump says his property is under leveraged, meaning it's worth way more than he actually owes on the property. Trump could sell. And the New York Times confirmed this. Trump could easily sell any properties and make a massive profit and pay off any of the debts he owes. The money that he owes that the left tries claiming he owes all this money to Russia or whatever. Trump owes money on mortgages like normal. He has a bunch of buildings that are worth a lot of money and he owes he owes on them. Here's what here's what makes me laugh. They're complaining that Trump paid very little taxes in 2016 and 17, the year he was running for president and the year he got elected, his first year after being inaugurated. First of all, Donald Trump, according to the New York Times, paid a million in 2016 and 4.2 in 2017. He then told the the IRS to hold that money for future payments when it turns out he had actually lost money in that year, around $50 million, a total revenue of about $450 million with a net loss of about $50 million, meaning he doesn't owe taxes if you don't make money. Trump said, hold this payment for future liabilities. They complain that Donald Trump is enriching himself off of the office when Trump had a net loss of $50 million. Now, perhaps, like I've said, Trump is using Ivanka as an intermediary to make money off of his position in the, in the White House. And Donald Trump has used his properties for allow uh, to allow U.S. Uh, military service personnel and others uh, to stay on his properties for a discounted rate. He, so he says, I take issue with this and I will absolutely and gladly criticize it. Trump wanted to use Trump Doral, his golf resort in Florida, in, in Miami, in the Miami area. It's Doral, Florida, for I believe it was the G7. And almost everybody criticized him, including me. And then Trump backed off from doing it. There's another big story where apparently some Air Force uh, service personnel stopped over in Scotland and stayed at a Trump golf resort. 
Now, Trump says, I'm giving a discount to the government. They're saving money. I'm saving the American people money. I don't care. I understand. And that may be true. And that may be a good thing. Trump should not be using his properties. He should not allow the government to be going to his properties or in any way, because regardless of whether or not he provides a discount, regardless of whether or not he profits, it stabilizes the business and allows them to break even. Now, I'll tell you what, perhaps I'm biased. What I see with Donald Trump is a man who was already extremely wealthy and made a ton of money off The Apprentice. He very well could have just continued his life and done these things. And we had a, a, a booming economy under Trump in his first term. I do not believe Trump cares all that much about making lots of money, because I'll tell you what. When you're a billionaire and you can have or buy anything you want, apparently Trump's got a golden toilet. I do not personally believe that Trump was thinking if in order for me to make more money, I better become president. To me, that just doesn't make sense. His net worth has declined and is, and, and he actually lost money in 2016 and 17. To me, it sounds like while Trump may have been, you know, using his properties and allowing the U.S. government and, and, and trying to do these contracts, that's a conflict of interest. No doubt that should be heavily criticized. I don't I don't see Trump's interest in that as trying to make himself wealthy when he's already a billionaire. I see that as poor judgment, a conflict of interest that must immediately be stopped. And Trump walked back the G7, the, the, uh, the Doral thing. When I see Joe Biden, I see working class Scranton Joe, a poor scrappy young man who found a way to be a millionaire using the family name. That's right. While he was vice president, his son was doing dealings in his name. And according to T Tony Bobulinski, Joe was talking to Hunter about this and that this wasn't Hunter's business. It was the Biden family name. And Joe was signing off on these deals. Incredible. To what extent this goes, I don't know. But that's my view on this. OK, maybe I'm wrong and maybe it's wrong of me to say I don't I don't I, I'm not super concerned about what Trump is doing. Having military service personnel and government individuals stay at his, his resorts, I, I, I'm not entirely sure that's illegal. I think it's a definite conflict of interest. There is arguments that it may violate the emoluments clause. And it's possible uh, there was one story where apparently the State Department was advertising a Trump resort or something like that. These things are, are serious problems. But again, Donald Trump didn't need to become president to get rich. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'm not happy about any of it. No way. Very, very critical of Donald Trump. At the time it was happening, and even now, because I don't want to play any whataboutism games. You want to come to me and say, but what about Trump? I will call all of it out. There's reporting that Ivanka and Jared are making $100 million plus dollars, and maybe they're using the Trump name while Trump is president for the exact same reasons. Okay, show me that evidence. Break that news. I can talk to you all day about Trump's family businesses and the criticisms I have, but break the news that they are doing things illegally. Show me the emails. You talked you talked to me about Russia for three years and produced nothing. And the story was bunk. No collusion. I am disinclined to believe you. Now, the hunt, now the hunter and Joe Biden thing, Joe Biden lied to our faces and is a 47 year career politician. I'll tell you what. I'm not happy about what's going on in American politics, and I did not vote for Trump in 2016. And part of me begrudgingly will be voting for Trump in 2016. And part of me will, will be happily doing it. I'll tell you this, as I mentioned in all my videos, peace agreements, happily vote for Trump. Withdrawing our troops, happily vote for Trump. Banning critical race theory, oh, very, very happily vote for Trump. Stories about his business dealings, his resorts, impropriety, his attitude, his character, unhappily.
So I think Trump is okay. And I'm willing to accept there may be some problems along the way. But if we can get these peace agreements, I just saw someone post a ticket, a direct flight from Bahrain to Tel Aviv. And that warms my heart. I saw Donald Trump cross cross the demilitarized zone into North Korea with no security. That warms my heart. I will take the best I can get in the situation. I am happy with those things. With Joe Biden, I see crony, corrupt, decades long generational politics. The Barack Obama administration got us entangled in more military intervention and war, bolstered our presence in the Middle East, and I am very unhappy about it. Oh, I can give him credit. I mean, under under Biden and Barack, they got Osama. That's great. It's fantastic. Credit where it's due, for sure. But I'm not I'm not interested in that administration anymore. All these problems they blame on Trump that came from Obama and Biden. I'm not interested in this anymore. The Obama administration prosecuting more whistleblowers and leakers than any other administration in history, I believe combined. The extrajudicial assassinations of American citizens, the signing of the indefinite detention provisions in the National Defense Authorization Act, re-upping the authorization for use of military force in the Middle East. Donald Trump is guilty of similar things in many ways, but I will take what I can get from the from the upstart, the, 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 up, the guy upsetting the table, the guy flipping the table. And I tell you this, Donald Trump doesn't need to be president to make money. That's just a fact. His family's been rich. He's a billionaire. If he wanted to give his kids money, just sell one of his, you know, $400 million properties. Check this out. Newsweek. Fox News crew stake out Biden home for a second evening in a row. We'll be standing out here all night. Well, I tell you what. Fox News, Just the News, New York Post, Daily Mail, some of the only outlets that are willing to actually report on this. This may be one of the biggest political scandals in U.S. history. Joe Biden was using his son to run the Biden family business to profit off his name. I'll tell you what, not as successful as the Clintons, mind you, or the Obamas, whatever they were doing. The Clintons, that's creepy stuff. The foundation, I'm talking about the Clinton Foundation and how they were getting lots of donations while Hillary Clinton was secretary of state. What Biden was doing seems to be inept relative to the crony stuff we've seen before, but it's being exposed the fact that we have a former business partner blowing the whistle now on the Biden family. This may be one of the biggest political scandals in U.S. history. I hope Donald Trump, in his opening statement, calls out Tony Bobulinski and says a former business partner of Joe Biden, Tony Bobulinski, has said Joe Biden lied to the American people. And I will read you an excerpt from his statement. Read him the part where Joe Biden was making money off communist China. Donald Trump doesn't like China. Donald Trump's ragged on China for a decade. So I'll tell you what, after everything I've said about Trump and Biden and my rationale, and my reasoning, perhaps I'm biased. Fine. Argue with me. Comment below. Donald Trump is not beholden to China, and they've desperately tried to make that claim a secret. A, a previously unknown Chinese bank account that was listed in Trump's tax returns. That's not secret at all. Spare me. Joe Biden lied. He's making money. They made millions from the Communist Party. That man, if, if, if I had to make a bet, if I had to choose, I'd say Joe Biden's beholden to them. And I don't want him in office. Not right now, especially. I guess we'll see how this plays out tonight at the debate. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. It appears that we are currently being attacked by foreign adversaries, Iran and Russia. And this time, maybe it's real. You see, we've gotten so much of this foreign adversary narrative and manipulation campaign stuff that it becomes hard to actually believe or care about any, any of it. But now we're seeing some things that actually may be legitimate. The story is that a few days ago, 
some letters were being sent out to Trump supporters threatening to burn down their homes. Letters with no return addresses are popping up in various jurisdictions saying, we know that you support Trump and we're going to burn your house down or things like that. It'll get really bad for you if you don't vote for Biden. But then we heard another uh, other stories. People had begun receiving emails from the Proud Boys saying, we know where you live, we know who you vote for, and we can see who you're, who you, who you're going to vote for in 2020. You better vote for Trump. It may be that both of these are manipulations by some foreign adversary to drive a wedge between the factions in the U.S. and maybe spark some kind of civil war. Now, I can't speak for the letters being sent, the physical letters being sent to Trump supporters. And there's reason to believe, at least for now, those are real. I kind of don't believe it. I would personally lean towards it's probably some kind of manipulation. But there has been a max, uh, a mass, I'll call it faux doxing. It's not real doxing, but it's a website that is publishing all of the private information of people who have donated to Donald Trump. But it's aggregating this information from public sources. So to clarify, the information was made publicly available uh, on the FEC website. When you donate to a politician, your address, name, phone number, all that stuff. I don't know about phone number, but your address is publicly available. Someone has compiled all of Trump's donors and created a map. So it's very easy to search and find people near you who have supported Trump. Because of that story, and this website's been around for quite some time, it's possible the letters being sent to Trump supporters are real. I don't know for sure, and I kind of lean towards someone's trying to just inflame tensions. And when we see this story, perhaps it is a foreign adversary. Now, the crazy thing about this, we have the director of national intelligence holding a press conference saying Iran spoofed emails pretending to be the Proud Boys threatening Joe Biden supporters. The media now is claiming it's unprecedented that they've responded so quickly and and given us this, this statement so quickly. It's not proven. Because the media wants it to be the Proud Boys. They want to say the Proud Boys are threatening people. The media wants Joe Biden to win. Let's read the story. FBI says Iran behind voter intimidation operations spoofing the Proud Boys. The story from the Daily Beast. Iran used the guise of the far right Proud Boys to send threatening emails to voters earlier this week. U.S. intelligence officials claimed late Wednesday. At a hastily called evening press conference, Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe spelled out what he said were concerted foreign efforts to sow chaos in the ongoing presidential election. We would like to alert the public that we have identified that two foreign actors, Iran and Russia, have taken specific actions to influence public opinion relating to our elections. We have already seen Iran sending spoofed emails designed to intimidate voters, incite social unrest and damage President Trump, Ratcliffe said. Although we have not seen the same actions from Russia, we are aware that they have obtained some voter registration information, he added. In the past, law, in the past, law enforcement and intelligence agencies have taken months to finger a foreign actor behind a disinformation or election interfer- interference campaign. Wednesday's announcement came just a day after authorities in Florida and Alaska sought help from the feds to investigate a flurry of emails sent to Democratic voters demanding they vote for Trump and switch their party affiliation. The emails, which had been made to look like they were sent from the Proud Boys, a right wing paramilitary group. I love how they say Proud Boys are paramilitary. I don't know what that means. What are the Proud Boys doing that makes them paramilitary? Are they going and fighting in conflict? They're not a militia and they don't bring weapons around. So I don't know what that means. It warned recipients that the group had all their private information and suggested that any attempt to disobey the directive would have nasty consequences. 
Quote, you will vote for Trump on Election Day or we will come after you. The message is read. Ask late Wednesday if he had seen the FBI announcement about Iran being behind the spoofing program. Enrique Tario, the chairman of the Proud Boys, told the Daily Beast, yes, I'm absorbing it into my veins. Okay. The Proud Boys have been a magnet for trolls since Trump ignited controversy by nodding at them in the middle of the first debate against Democratic opponent Joe Biden last month. One internet hoaxer apparently admitted to the Daily Beast that he'd sent out phony Proud Boys recruitment texts in an attempt to help drive voter turnout and even set up a fake assault rifle raffle. That trolls tied to Iran might seize on the group's notoriety are v- and very real concerns across the country about possible election day violence should come at no surprise. Ratcliffe and the FBI director Christopher Ray did not supply specific evidence connecting Iran to the Proud Boys impersonation. But pro-Iranian and Iranian-linked trolls on Twitter have been active over the past year in efforts to meddle in American politics on issues ranging from the election campaign to the coronavirus pandemic. And I'll tell you this. There's a lot of people in media that are desperately trying to make it seem like it really was the Proud Boys for whatever reason. If the DNI comes out and says, we believe this to be Iran, I say, okay. I have no other evidence to the contrary. I don't know. Sure, I guess. But I'll tell you, perhaps in the years since we were so worried about Russia interfering in our election, we've actually developed a better tracking apparatus to figure out who's manipulating our elections and social media. Perhaps Twitter or, or, or some other service immediately offered up some kind of corroborating evidence and said, here, this links to certain data we saw from the spoofing. And maybe someone came forward and said, we know who did this. Maybe they got direct evidence very quickly. It's very simple, right? More importantly, maybe we have built a better infrastructure for tracking down this type of uh, manipulation. In September, the FBI tipped off Twitter about a network of 130 fake accounts posing as pro and anti-Trump Americans, which were run by operators in Iran. The accounts, according to Twitter, were attempting to disrupt the public conversation during the first 2020 U.S. presidential debate, and the social media company quickly suspended them. At least one account referenced President Trump's comments that the Proud Boys need to stand by and stand down. In early October, the Justice Department seized 92 fake domains, first linked to Iran by researchers at FireEye in 2018, which it said were run by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Over the past year, a number of Iranian-linked and pro-Iranian Twitter accounts identified by the Daily Beast have sought to seize on divisive issues in American politics with fake stories hosted at spoofed websites. The accounts have floated racist conspiracy theories about a Navy ship fire with a forged letter from Senator Tammy Duckworth and impersonated a World Health Organization executive and a prominent public health expert, Dr. Zeke Emanuel, in order to push racist fake narratives about coronavirus vaccine experiments on black Americans and treatment for the disease in FEMA camps. Earlier this month, Twitter accounts identified by the Daily Beast and Mandiant Threat Intelligence and attributed to Iran by Twitter amplified fake tweets from a hacked Israeli news outlet's Twitter account. The messages sought to convince social media users that President Trump was dying of COVID and that Black Lives Matter protesters had fired gunshots outside the home of Bill and Hillary Clinton. Ray said officials are coordinating with the private sector, both technology and social media companies, to make sure that their platforms are not used by foreign adversaries to spread disinformation and propaganda. You should be confident that your vote counts early. Unverified claims to the contrary should be viewed with a healthy dose of skepticism. Well, the Proud Boys said this means war. Following Iran voter intimidation threats, we're also hearing from Vice. Threatening voter emails included a highly suspicious hacking video. The video included an email spoofed to be from the Proud Boys showed an alleged hacker obtaining voter data and using it to print a ballot 
that the scheme is unlikely to be successful. You know, I just want to point out that these these schemes are really poorly done. I mean, it's very, very obvious, right? Listen, with the threatening letters being sent out to regular people with Trump signs, that's harder to debunk because somebody would have to actually send the letters probably in the U.S. Otherwise, they'd easily track came from a foreign source. Maybe Iran has spies and assets in the U.S. Seems like it would make sense. And they draft up these letters and send them to random Trump supporters. How do they find Trump supporter information? I mean, it's really easy. It's on the FEC website. That makes it very, very easy to, to, to track down. As for these emails, how pathetic is it to send an email from the official Proud Boys website saying, we know you'd are, you better vote for Trump. That's the stupidest thing ever and so easy to debunk. It's not believable. The Proud Boys aren't going to log into their official email and start sending out messages to people. And people probably won't believe it. Maybe some people did. Now, the Proud Boys are pissed. The Proud Boys have urged military action against Iran after U.S. officials accused them of using their name to uh, intimate voters. To intimate voters. Yeah, sure. I think they mean intimidate because intimate means something else. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe said Iran was responsible for the emails. So this we know. We will know which candidate you voted for. I would take this seriously if I were you. The emails from the address info at officialproudboys.com added. The receiver's home address were repeatedly posted at the bottom of the email. So if you're not familiar, spoofing is very easy. And, and what happens is someone receives an email with the wrong email address. In a press conference, conference, Ratcliffe said it was Iran. The Proud Boys immediately denied sending the emails, describing them as a false flag operation against the group. The group have now described their validation uh, as after, uh, after the FBI said they were not behind the threats. This means war. Joe Biggs, who organizes rallies for the Proud Boys, wrote on a social media site, Parler. Referencing Trump, Biggs added, Iran, if you F around with us, if you do something bad to us, we're going to do things to you that have never been done before. Orange man, but also us, the Proud Boys. Proud Boy chairman Enrique Tarrio added that whatever mother of all bombs gets dropped in Iran for meddling in our election better have the Proud Boys name etched on it. Woo, spicy. Tarrio also questioned how the group, listed by the FBI as a domestic terror threat, that's I, I do not believe that's true, have become players in an international cyber war. In a statement to ABC, Tario added, yesterday we slept comfortably in our beds knowing that we did nothing wrong. Today, the FBI confirmed what we already knew. Biden's disinformation campaign in the debate stage was used by Iran to interfere in our elections. It was amplified by many blue check Twitter accounts, including Florida State Representative Anna Eskamani. Twitter silences the New York Post, but allows disinformation like this to remain. This was another attempt to discredit our great organization. The group also set up Proud Boys Iran social media accounts mocking claims that they were behind the emails. There are already tensions within the U.S. and Tehran since Trump ordered the killing of Qasem Soleimani. So Iran really does have a reason to put to, to hurt Trump and make the Proud Boys look bad and make Trump look bad. But let me let, let me show you something else. I team threatening letters sent to Trump supporters in Northeast Ohio. This is the other side of the coin. Now, I don't know who would be doing this, and it doesn't make sense to me that Antifa or any far leftists would actually send these letters. These letters wouldn't do anything, just make you look bad. Imagine sending someone, someone a letter saying, hi, I like Joe Biden and I'm a piece of human trash. People would be like, what's the point of the letter? I really do not believe that Joe Biden supporters or Antifa are going to send letters to people like this. I don't. 
It sounds more like someone is trying to drive a wedge between they're trying to inflame tensions and they're trying to make physical violence occur. This is Ohio. The Fox 8i team has spoken to families who report they've received letters in the mail threatening them if they continue to support Donald Trump for president. Multiple people in Cuyahoga County got the letters and authorities are investigating. Two of those receiving the letters tell the Fox uh, Fox 8i team they have Trump campaign signs in their yards. The letter threatens payback for the support of the president and his reelection. Now, I tell you this. Look, I lean towards this being some kind of manipulation or intimidation. Some kind of uh, uh, manipulation, I should say, is a better way to put it. But Antifa does target Trump supporters. The far left does threaten Trump supporters. We have over a thousand instances in the past several years of Trump supporters being harassed and attacked. So if you came to me and said that these letters, you know, were, were hitting Trump supporter mailboxes, I'm I have no reason to believe it's part of an influence operation or manipulation. The fake emails from the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys aren't going to do that. That's ridiculous. The difference between the Proud Boys and Antifa is the Proud Boys actually have a brand and a name. They, they If they put their name on something, it'll make them look really bad. It just hurts their organization. As for Antifa, it's a bunch of random people just causing violence and hurting others. So that actually would fit their MO. They say the envelopes show the letters were sent to specific addresses without listing names of people living there. They have no return address. Voter information is public in the state of Ohio. Yeah. Well, we have more. Trump supporters in Milford, Brookline, received threatening letters. And I did cover this several, uh, uh, a couple days ago. We now have an image of the threatening letter. It says, Dear Neighbor, you have been identified by our group as being a Trump supporter. Your address has been added to our, uh, into our database as a target for when we attack should Trump not concede the election. We recommend that you check your home insurance policy and make sure and make and you're OK. I, I got to read this verbatim because this may be important. We recommend that you check your home insurance policy and make that it is current and that it is adequate coverage for fire damage. You have been given, quote, fair warning. Always remember that it was you that started the civil war. Be prepared to face the severe consequences of your preemptive actions against democracy. That sounds like maybe a typo or maybe not the way someone would uh, a colloquial English speaker would write a letter and make that it is current. Make sure. Sure. Maybe they forgot the word. You have started the civil war. It really does seem like someone is trying to get us to fight. And Iran seems like a good, uh, uh, you know, t- uh, suspect. Now, I need hard evidence. I do not want to see the U.S. engage in foreign conflict. The Proud Boys saying, oh, war. No, nah, I'm not interested in that. If they can prove they were meddling in our elections, then maybe we take some reciprocal approach to how we deal with this, you know, and not not war and dropping bombs, sanctions, maybe. But this story about the physical letters is is very, very different. Iran would have to send the physical letters. Whoever did it would have to send the physical letters. It could be that whoever did it just wants war. Now, I'll tell you, I want to show you this. A lot of people have been talking about this. this has been this has been this website's existed for a long time. Donald Trump watch. Americans that give money to support a racist. And there's a quote. Those who ca- who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. Data provided by FEC.gov. When you done it to a politician, your information becomes public. So if you were to tell me that Biden supporters or something were getting threatening email addresses, how are they getting the email addresses? Perhaps voter registration data somehow hacked or obtained. When you tell me that someone is getting a letter to their home, it's really easy to get someone's home address. I'll show you how this Donald Trump, it's called DonaldTrump.watch. Now, my understanding 
is that originally it was called racist.watch. And then there was a big outcry. A bunch of people started pointing it out. And the people who were on the site immediately changed it to Donald Trump watch, I guess, because they felt it was a little heavy handed to call the people supporting Trump a racist. But you can see they put here Americans that give money to support a racist. I'm going to search for 90210 and see what pops up. We'll search by location. So it's it's hopefully the website. So there we go. So it's loading. This is Beverly Hills. I'm not going to click on any of these names, because if I do, it will show you their name and personal details. But I I chose 90210 just because like that's I don't know. It's a zip code people get Beverly Hills. If you click search first, the website is actually poorly made. But you can see there are many people. Now, my understanding is that yellow icons represent donations made before 2020 and the red icons represent donations in 2020. We can zoom out and we can go anywhere. Let's go to Barstow. We'll go to Barstow. We'll zoom in and we'll see if this works. And it's loading. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. A map of the location of Trump supporters. This website doesn't need to exist. It's not doxing in the traditional sense. It's all publicly available information. But they have done something that, that is actually, in my opinion, on par with doxing. Look, if I go to the FEC website and I start searching for uh, people's names I, I don't know the name of all my neighbors, so I don't know who around me is donating to Trump, and I wouldn't be able to find that anyway. I can try typing in random addresses of my neighbors to see if they did. It took a really long time. Well, someone has created a program that has compiled all that data and placed pins on a map, making it so that if you live in a place like Barstow, you can zoom right in and see everybody in your area who voted for Trump. Imagine what Antifa could do with a tool like this. Let's go. To, let's, let's go somewhere. Uh, let's go to. Let's go to Portland. How about that, huh? Let's see if people in Portland are donating to Donald Trump. This is where it gets serious, because as you know, Portland has been uh, uh, embroiled in ongoing riots nonstop. So I will add the site doesn't work all that well, but we can certainly see here there are a lot of people who have supported Donald Trump in Portland. And sure enough, there it is. Look at this. So it appears like for whatever reason, it's loading mostly on the west side of the river in Portland. Maybe there, I don't know, people on the on the other side of Burnside Bridge or of the of the, was that, the, the Willamette River aren't supporting Trump. But look at all these people in Portland to support Donald Trump. These are hard donations. Many of them gave more than once. It's not just one donation. Some people have given hundreds. Some people give uh, over and over again. Think about what Antifa can do with this as the violence escalates. This is something that I find particularly worrisome. Tools are being developed that it's it's always going to be increments. It's never going to be a direct thing. They're not going to shove to a random person's house and just put a black bag and throw them in a van. It's going to be one small step after another. So we're seeing things like influence campaigns and voter intimidation. This, in my opinion, is intended to intimidate you. And this is made, my understanding, by an American. The goal of this site, in my opinion, is so that they want you to know it exists. That way, if you make a donation, people can find out where you live. We've already heard from Robert Reich, who said he's this anti-Trump resistance guy. After this is all over, we need a truth and reconcili- Re- reconciliation commission to name every politician, every collaborator, media mogul, so that we can move forward. You know what they'll do with a commission like that? They're going to blacklist people. They're going to strip them of their resources. They're going to destroy their lives. 
They are telling you right now, not only will they punch you in the face and smash your teeth out like they did in San Francisco, they will they will know where you live. Look at this website. Then look at those letters that were threatened, sent sent to the uh, to the Trump supporters. And it makes me wonder, is that one legit? Well, the government says the Proud Boys one is not. It's a manipulation campaign. And possibly the letters being sent to Trump supporters is also intimidation and manipulation by a foreign adversary. But these are physical letters. And you have and, and, and you know what? Let's do this. Get rid of those stories of the letters and just look at Donald Trump watch. They have published the location and home addresses on a map of where all of Trump's donors live. How many people have not donated to Donald Trump because of this? What if Trump loses because he didn't have the donations he needed? How many people are scared to get physically attacked and won't say they support Trump? That's a very, very important number to know. I, I, I'm, I'm reminded of this, this, this very important quote from a, a middle-aged woman screaming at the top of her lungs, we are losing our democracy. At the, at just wow. Calm down, lady. And I'll tell you that. I'll tell you what, though, seeing things like this, I think we are, lo- we are, we are seeing massive and sustained damage to our democratic institutions, how we elect our rep- representatives. And I think it's going to eventually contribute to the collapse of our society unless something is done about it. Donald Trump watch is a really, really bad idea, but it's legal. It's publicly available information. But at a time when people are threatening and beating Trump supporters in the street and killing them, we know what this is. It's a threat, an overt threat. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at uh, 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. As the Biden scandal grows, I want you to think about this story. Biden faces backlash for saying, quote, America was an idea that we've never lived up to. Joe Biden's closing argument is that America has always been a disappointment. The Trump 2020 campaign reacted. A lot of people are upset by what Joe Biden said. And I take personal offense to this statement. America is an, is an idea that lived up well beyond what I think the founding fathers could have imagined. We've had our problems. We've done really bad things as a country. There have been bad things that have happened, of course. But think about what this country was when it first started. 13 colonies trying to cobble together some kind of functioning government, debate, 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 years long debate. Finally, a constitution, three branches of government, and we have a pretty strong system. I don't think they could have ever envisioned that the 13 colonies would become something this massive and powerful, the dominant superpower on the planet. Yes, America has lived up to its idea and then some. And there are things we can fix. But the Constitution allowed us to make the country substantially better. The Supreme Court issued rulings that enacted civil rights for more people. And now we have become one of the most progressive, inclusive and diverse countries on the planet. Yet still, the cultists of the far left aren't satisfied. But the reason I want you to think about this, and we're going to talk, we'll, we'll go through the story. I'll show you what he said, is that Joe Biden is being accused now of trying to profit off of his office and influence by taking millions of dollars from China. Joe Biden is saying America is an idea we've never lived up to. That's that's it's shockingly offensive to me, but it makes me feel like Joe Biden's interests are, are, are not here in America. He doesn't care about this country. He's a career politician. What has he gotten done? His whole thing has been get into office, say what needs to be said, go through the motions and then sell it all. 
When you're rich enough, your kid can be your intermediary to make money off foreign governments. And I want you to think about Donald Trump's message. Make America great again. The left wants to tell you that that means racism, because when was America ever great? America was really great when we had a booming manufacturing industry. The middle class uh, salaries were rising on par with the top 1%. And then something happened in the late 70s, early 80s, and a split occurred. The middle class wasn't making as much money. Their, their salary wasn't increasing. And the top 1%, the wealthiest of, wealthiest of this country, started seeing their salaries skyrocket. Trump has actually criticized wealth inequality. So I can't tell you what it means to make America great again, but I can tell you that that word, that phrase comes from somebody who believes that America was once great and has fallen off track. I personally blame Joe Biden. The policies enacted by the establishment polit- uh, politicians, Democrats and Republicans over the past several decades, selling out our manufacturing base overseas, I believe was a contributing factor to why middle class salaries stagnated, among many, many other reasons. And now we can see these people on the far left complaining about a system and voting for the people who made it that way. Joe Biden doesn't think America was ever great. We've never lived up to that idea. That is that is an absurd lie. And Trump is someone who says we once were that great, you know, shining city on the hill. And now we have to fight to get it back. For too long, the American people sat back, checking the D and checking the R and letting people like Joe Biden steer the ship and crash it right into the side of a mountain. Donald Trump is unfortunately the best we can get. I know a lot of people think he's the perfect avatar of, of the rage of Americans who want their country back. But I think Donald Trump is the is, from my perspective, the unfortunate embodiment of the person we need to get things back on track. I think Trump has done things quite poorly. I think he's hired awful people. John Bolton, I can always say it. Good thing he fired him. But Trump has repeatedly surrounded himself by 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 awful swamp monsters. And there's criticisms about Trump using his office to generate revenue for his businesses. Look, we can talk about these things honestly and fairly. In my opinion, Trump is not a perfect individual, far from it. But to a lot of people, he is that angry embodiment rage incarnate of the people who never gave up on this country, who never sat back saying D or R, the people who always were saying we need to do what's right for the future of our country, our family, our friends and our children. These people finally got fed up. More and more people started joining their ranks. And before them stood an angry bull, which is Donald Trump. And some of them said, this is exactly what I want. It's exactly what we need. And then you get people like me, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. You get people like Johnny Rotten. And we saw the economy improve under Donald Trump. And now many people said, that's enough for me. You'd be nuts to pick Biden. For me, I say there's a lot of things that Trump has done poorly. I believe the executive branch is not functioning very, very well at all. I kind of like to see the executive branch kind of lose some of that power because I've done segments in the past where I've criticized the expansion of executive authority, especially under Barack Obama. I do not see a shining uh, crusader in Donald Trump fighting for, you know, truth, justice in the American way. I see a very, very imperfect avatar of rage and anger of people that are fed up with the garbage spewed by people like Joe Biden when they say America was never great. America is an idea and we never lived up to it. No, Joe Biden doesn't have faith in this country and he never did. And that's why he milked the office for all it's worth. 
What has he gotten done in 47 years other than disparaging this country, which to me, from the things I've seen, the people I've met and the history I've learned about is one of the best nations, if not the best nation uh, in the world. Now, I say that because I want to be fair to other people. I've not been to every single country, but I can tell you this. I've been to many and they are are, uh, laden with racist ideologies and laws and suffering. Not every country. Some countries are pretty good. There's a lot of countries that are great, actually, but they're not the same as the United States. We have a written constitution guaranteeing our rights. This country is fantastic. In Donald Trump, I see an opportunity to unleash the beast with all of the problems that he has, with all of the accusations against him. We had a great economy. The manufacturing was coming back and Donald Trump as an embodiment, as rage incarnate, still brought about something better than the Obama administration, than Bush, than Clinton, than what I've seen in my life. Now, I can't speak for Reagan. I wasn't alive. Was I alive? Maybe. Yeah, but I was like two or something. I don't know. I was born in 1986. I can't speak for Carter or any of these other presidents going way back. I don't know. I can only tell you what it's like for me growing up in this country and learning the histories of the civil rights movement, learning the histories of my family and realizing America is great. But there's a lot of things that we've lost. Notably, I mentioned our manufacturing was gone. Trump brought it back. Our factories were closing in in Michigan, the auto industry. Trump brought them back. Unemployment was at record lows. And so I'm willing to forgive the bad things Trump's been accused of. And with the media being as broken and corrupt as it is, I'm not sure I trust half of these things. Then I look to Joe Biden. You see, I hear from a lot of people. Tim won't talk about Trump. We know he's corrupt. Do we? Do we? The media has been lying left and right about everything. They ignore Antifa. They ignore the riots. They ignore the the Joe Biden scandal with the laptops. So why should I trust anything they say about Trump? I watch Trump rallies and I say, you know what? I do think he's got problems. I don't trust him all that much, but I know this. Didn't vote for him in 2016. He is not the person I look up to and he's not the person I, I would ask for. But he's what we got. And he is a net positive for this country. At the very least, I'll tell you this. Today, when I went on Twitter, I saw a fact check from Twitter. And it said, Joe Biden will not raise your taxes to levels higher than you've ever seen or something like that. And it was based off of a Trump tweet. Why do I go on Twitter and see them saying Biden, 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 Biden over and over again, smacking me in the face? with a 47-year career politician who has done nothing for me. And we sat through the foreign policy nightmares of the Obama-Biden administration, the drone strikes, the extrajudicial assassinations, the NDAA. We sat through a semi-stagnant economy, and Obama said, we can't bring back these numbers. You did a magic wand for that. And Trump did it, defying what Obama represented. Trump has also done horrible foreign policy things. Yeah. But you know what really, really, really drives me angry or drives drives me mad when I go on Twitter and they keep defending Biden over and over and over again. And finally, I just say, you know what? Every single time the media lied to my face, every time they puff, they, they put out a puff piece on good old Scranton Joe and ignored the real problems ignored Antifa. It made me say, you know what? I want to see that bull Donald Trump kick your door in one more time. 
I want the social media companies, the snooty elites of Silicon Valley, the circle jerks of, of, of New York liberal media to understand we will not sit by and just take what you are giving. You lie, you cheat, you steal, and you do not play fair. And you know what? At this point, I'm willing to vote for Trump and to spite these people. The crony elites who think they're smarter than you. The ivory tower elites of New York who who look down from their skyscrapers and say, I know what you need, you dumb flyover moron. And I'm sick of it. And I've seen it firsthand. I've worked labor jobs. I know what it's like to actually put blood, sweat and tears into a project and get paid very little for it. And then I've seen the inside of these Silicon Valley offices and these, these these venture capital funded media companies who laugh about how much smarter they are than all of you who do actual work. And I say, you know what? To hell with these people. I will take Middle Eastern peace deals, a withdrawal of our troops in the Middle East and a booming economy in Donald Trump. And I will smile about it. And I will complain about all the bad things I hear in the media. I'll roll my eyes when Trump won't shut up to save his own campaign. But you know what? I am sick of people like Joe Biden saying America was an idea we've never lived up to because my family lived what America was in the past. And we made those changes and the civil rights movement won and America became better and better every single year. But at a certain point, the crony garbage politicians like Biden sunk their fangs into this country and they sat back and they said whatever they needed to say to be parasites on the system and get paid and then enrich their families. So you know what? Tell me all day about why Trump is bad. And I'm going to say, I don't care. I can't stand the establishment. I am sick of the media. I'm sick of their lies. And someone asked me, Tim, where's all this rage coming from? Calm down. I was a kid once. My neighborhood raised money to build a skate park. And it was the Democratic politicians and locals who took that money and gave us garbage and then spat in our faces and walked away and never came back. I grew up in a city that was run by Democrats, and I am not happy about what they are, what they represent. And I have no goodwill for the Republicans either. But you know what? The Republicans weren't there. Now I see the Republican Party as something I never cared about and doing nothing. And Donald Trump is a bull in their shop as well. Let him run. Let him stomp about. The election's coming up, and I am sick of waking up and seeing the bias. Just shut up for once and be honest. But you know what? If you can't, then so be it. Trump is what you get. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around, and I will see you all shortly. Friends, I hope you are ready for another wave of violent riots that may very well sweep across the country. Derek Chauvin, the man who kneeled on the neck of George Floyd, the man who contributed to uh, uh, the series of events, which sparked months of rioting, which saw some of the worst rioting in, in our history. He has now had third degree murder charges dismissed. I can only imagine we are going to see some of the worst rioting we've seen yet. This is Chauvin. This is the George Floyd incident. This is the cop in question kneeling on George Floyd's neck, getting his third degree murder charge dismissed. Now, he's still facing second degree murder, and I believe a manslaughter charge, but I don't think that matters. This is just the beginning of the end for the Black Lives Matter activists. There likely won't be a conviction in the Chauvin case. I think he's already been released on bail. They rioted. 
I guess he was uh, he was granted the ability to leave uh, Minnesota or Minneapolis because of the threats on his life. Now they're dropping the first uh, a third degree charge against him, the first of the charges, and I think they're going to drop the rest. There is an image released by the defense showing a training manual in it. There's a photo of a man doing the exact same thing Chauvin did. How can you convict him of second degree murder, meaning he wanted to kill somebody when he was just doing what he was trained to do? Not that I'm saying it was a good thing at all. It's a procedural issue. The problem is the system. They're going to tear this country apart. Eyewitness 7 says third degree murder charge dismissed against Derek Chauvin, officer seen kneeling on George Floyd's neck. A Hennepin County judge dismissed the charge Thursday against Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer captured on video. The state has five days to appeal. However, the other charges against Chauvin, unintentional second degree murder and second degree manslaughter still stand. Under the state sentencing guidelines, a conviction of unintentional second degree murder carries a presumptive sentence of 12.5 years. But a judge can order a sentence ranging up to 15 years without departing from the guidelines. For second degree manslaughter, the guidelines call for four years in prison or a discretionary range of up to 4.75 years. In the same ruling issued by Judge Peter A. Cahill Thursday, the motion to dismiss the charges for the three other police officers, Jay Kung, Thomas Lane, and Tu Thao was denied. Kung, Lane, and Thao are all still charged with aiding and abetting both second degree murder and manslaughter. All four of the officers were fired. In August, Chauvin asked a judge to dismiss the charges, with his attorneys arguing there was not sufficient evidence against him. Prosecutors have maintained Floyd was vulnerable as he was handcuffed with his chest pressed against the ground, and he was treated with particular cruelty. Attorney General Keith Ellison's office also noted that the former officers were in a possession, a position of authority at the time and inflicted gratuitous pain on Mr. Floyd, as witnesses, including multiple children, watched. Floyd died on May 25th after Chauvin, who is white, pressed his knee against Floyd's neck for nearly eight minutes. However, according to, uh, I believe it was an autopsy report, he had a lethal dose of fentanyl in his system. The defense has recently uh, released an image showing a white tablet on the tongue of George Floyd. The argument now is that Floyd, knowing he was about to be searched and detained, ingested fentanyl in an effort to destroy the evidence or hide the evidence. And that resulted in his death, an overdose. I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying that's what the defense is saying. My bigger concern. Well, there's one last sentence. In October, Cahill issued new conditions for, uh, of release for Chauvin, allowing him to live in a neighboring state while he awaits trial. They're going to riot. They are going to tear these cities apart. They are going to drop this guy's charges. And this is this is what, what are we, 12 days from the, uh, uh, are, we, are we are we really 12 days from the election? Is that really what it is? Wow, man. Well, there's more in, 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 in uh, pertaining to what's going to happen with these riots. We have some, some more updates. I don't know exactly to the severity, but I'm worried that dropping these charges will result in something comparable to what we saw with the, the first week of June. I mean, they tore apart 30 plus cities. Now, this is just the, uh, one of the charges being dropped. I have to imagine they are slowly going to drop the charges, not all at once, because if they did, it will result in it will result if they drop the charges right now all at once. Wow. But just so close to an election, man. In response to the riots, Donald Trump has said he's going to name anarchist jurisdictions and strip them of the, strip them of their funding. Seattle, Portland, and New York and New York are now suing Trump over the anarchy label. They say the AP 
New York, Seattle, and Portland, three cities recently labeled anarchist jurisdictions by the U.S. DOJ, filed a lawsuit Thursday to invalidate the designation and fight off the Trump administration's efforts to withhold federal federal dollars. Quote, the Trump administration's political threats against Seattle and other Democratic cities are unlawful and an abuse of federal power. Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin said in a news release announcing the federal lawsuit, it's immoral, unconstitutional, and shameful that we are forced to expend any resources on this political theater. The district attorneys in your in your jurisdictions are letting rioters loose. So why should I, someone who does not live anywhere near your jurisdiction, be forced to have my tax dollars go to your failures? President Donald Trump issued a memorandum last month that sought to identify localities that permit anarchy, violence and destruction in American cities following riots that took place during anti-police and anti-racism protests after George Floyd's killing. The lawsuit ridiculed the designation, calling the president's action offensive to both the Constitution and common sense and describing the notion of anarchist jurisdictions, an oxymoronic designation without precedent in American jurisprudence. But it also noted the consequence of withholding federal money during a pandemic are deadly serious. Quote, I said weeks ago, if the Trump administration persisted in trying to illegally take away funding from New York City, we would take them to court and we will beat them in court, said Mayor Bill de Blasio. Let me stop you right there, Bill. Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, recently said he would not trust the vaccine released by the CDC and the approved by the CDC and the FDA. He said he would have his own independent commission. Look at it. Why should we be concerned about your fears of the pandemic when you are rejecting efforts to produce a vaccine? Because the orange man is bad, I suppose. Cuomo is lying. This is political theater. The lawsuit filed in U.S. District Court in Seattle argues that unless Congress says otherwise, the president can't add conditions to money Congress has appropriated. The cities say the designation was arbitrary and capricious and based on vague and subjective factors. The lawsuit also alleges that the administration violated due process rights and the 10th Amendment to the Constitution, which specifies that powers not given to the federal government, such as local policing authority, are reserved for the states. It is the defendants, not the cities who are engaging in lawless behavior and threatening the democratic order established by the framers, the lawsuit said. The Justice Department did not immediately respond to an email seeking comment. New York City Corporation Counsel Jim, uh, J- Jim Johnson, who joined de Blasio at the mayor's daily briefing, said the cities are suing now because the federal government has begun taking concrete steps to withhold funds. They've actually taken this anarchist designation and started to include it in applications for federal grants. As much as $12 billion in federal money affecting health, transportation, and law enforcement programs could be at stake, Johnson said. In one example cited in the lawsuit, the Federal Transit Administration announced this month that it will consider applications for a current COVID-19 public transportation research grant in accordance with the anarchist memo. Well, the Justice Department said the three cities were designated as anarchist jurisdictions because they met criteria including, quote, whether a jurisdiction forbids the police force from intervening to restore order, amid widespread or sustained violence or destruction, and whether the city disempowers the, uh, or defunds police departments. Let me just stress, there may be an argument that the federal government doesn't have the right to dictate what police do in these jurisdictions. But I do think there is a problem if we give money for transportation, and then Antifa uses that to go and organize uh, violent riots, or if they destroy things, nullifying the money that's being granted to them, we can't just sit back and do nothing. So maybe this is just one of Trump's big asks, where he says, we're going to take away all your your funding unless you do right. 
to pressure them into doing right. Maybe Trump's serious. Apparently, it seems that may be the case. But I'll tell you this. I don't want to pay for it. Do you? Do you want to pay so that New Yorkers can riot and then the money we give in federal tax dollars goes to them? I don't. And if Congress won't get the job done, what are we supposed to do? I'll tell you this. We, we had a conversation, a good one the other night on the IRL podcast with Drew Holden. Check him out. Drew Holden 360 on Twitter. And I think it was Drew who was mentioning that when, you know, uh, society, when, when demo- democratic institutions become corrupt, co- corrupt and republics start becoming corrupt, like we saw in Rome, people turn to strongmen to solve the problems. Our Congress is inept and corrupt and not getting the job done. So people are turning to Donald Trump, asking him to solve these problems. But there are problems that he doesn't have the power to solve. Perhaps there are problems with the system, but maybe I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said that perhaps, you know, a government should be purged every 200 years or so. Maybe we've reached a point where our institutions are corrupt, but Trump can't fix it. We cannot allow an individual to become a supreme authority. So what do we do? I don't know. But we're reaching a point in population size where these riots are out of control. These cities don't care. And instead of dealing with their problem, they would spend their they would spend their taxpayer dollars suing Donald Trump. With Chauvin getting his charges dropped, maybe these cities will finally realize why they need to get their act together because the riots may be coming back. I hope not. But I'll tell you this, it's going to help Donald Trump in the election, which is only about a week and a half away. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. In an op-ed for Town Hall, Kurt Schlichter writes, what do these never Trump losers think is going to happen to them? And it's a really good question. Uh, the Democrats don't like them. Democrats don't like the Lincoln Project. They just like saying, see, even Republicans agree with us. But the Lincoln Project has, its prob- prob- has problems of its own. They appear to have helped Iranian disinformation uh, effort go viral. The Lincoln Project is garbage. You essentially have these never Trump or former Republicans, establishment crony elites who were scared that Donald Trump was going to take away their their lucrative crony deals. And he did. So they ran full speed to the Democratic Party and said, save us. And the Democrats welcomed them into their warm bosom and said, don't worry, crony Republicans, we'll protect you. But what do these people think is going to happen when all is said and done? If Joe Biden wins, what do they do? Their careers will be over. Now, of course, the way the Republicans and the Trump supporters see it is these people have have given up everything. And for what? Now, there are a lot of people who are never Trumper and eventually turned and said, you know what? Maybe Trump is the right choice. A lot of Republicans. Maybe they made the right choice because at least they can stay aligned with the lar- second largest political faction in this country. What you need to understand about these never Trumpers is they probably view themselves as martyrs to the cause of stopping Donald Trump. These people will get no purchase <laughs> from the left. I'm sorry. It was a viral photo recently from uh, Rick Wilson, who's a never Trumper. And it was a picture of a Confederate flag on a cooler. And people said, uh, hey there, buddy, we don't like you either. They've sacrificed everything. And for what? Maybe to them, they feel they're doing the right thing. They're principled. I don't think so. I think they were crooked the whole time and they were desperate to maintain their crooked system thinking if if Trump loses, they'll go back to controlling the Republicans. They never will. You're gone from town hall. Ahoy, you skeevy traitors. How do you think your end game goes? You turncoat weasels already have plenty to worry about. You know, you're just one zoom away from tubing yourselves 
<laughs> Tubinig? Tubinig. I think, I think he meant Tubinig. All over Twitter, but you really ought to worry about November 4th. For some reason, you think good times are, are dead ahead. Like the figurative iceberg you rammed your garbage magazines and blogs into, that's wrong. There is no good outcome for team treachery. Everyone hates you. Spoiler, it's because you suck. Now, you're always talking about how you'll be at the vanguard of the insiders who will rebuild the Republican Party after its four-year flirtation with effectiveness and actually conserving stuff. The clinical term for this kind of fantasy is delusional. Name someone awaiting the return of the people who got us into Iraq. Put up McCain and Romney as willing sacrificial lambs and who went full Dick Morris toe slurping on the left the second they realized conservatism had left them behind. Maybe it's one of those doughy gibos you find your insufferable Lincoln Project vids about how I was a Republican until Trump started actually doing conservative stuff and I couldn't handle it. With Trump grabbing about 95% of Republican votes, actual Republican never Trumpers are as rare as bulwark staffers who can do a push up. Bravo, good sir. A bit spicy for my tastes, but uh, well written nonetheless. There's no coming back from this. Kasich, your daddy doesn't ring twice. You're out. Crystal, your cruises will be ghost ships. French, kiss off. And the rest of you, don't go away mad. Just go away broken and humiliated by your utter failure and total rejection. You know, part of me wouldn't mind seeing a Joe Biden victory for that reason. I've heard some funny statements where they say things like, make Alyssa Milano get a job again, or something like that, where you have all of these actors and comedians turned political pundits, and they have no idea what they're talking about because leading the resistance was the lucrative career choice in the Trump era. If Joe Biden wins, everything falls apart. They're not funny. Nobody cares. The media crumbles when they can't report on sleepy, creepy Joe and Trump is gone. So maybe what we need is actually just a few years of Biden so that everybody sees how just 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 how bad it'll really be. Now, of course, I don't really want that. But I'll tell you this. Won't it be funny when all the Republican never Trumpers find themselves with nothing to do? No one likes them. Joe Biden wins. Your usefulness is gone. Go back to whatever hole it is you crawled out of, they'll say to the never Trumpers. And then they'll come back to the Republicans and say, can I do a show with you? And they're like, no, get out of here, you creepy weirdo. Turncoat. What do they say? The deepest level of hell is reserved for traitors and mutineers. Or was that Jack Sparrow? I don't know. It's true, though. The final level of hell is for betrayers, those with no loyalty. Why would anyone get behind you? They have no loyalty. I think it's funny that these never Trumpers really seem to believe that Democrats in any way like them. It's funny reading articles from Jennifer Rubin of The Washington Post, where they say she's a conservative blogger, but she cheers for progressive Stacey Abrams. That makes literally no sense. No, I know. They may say, say things similar to that, uh, uh, similar to that of me, but I quite frankly don't care. I've never cared about anyone's political tribe. I didn't care for Occupy Wall Street and the left, and I don't care for the right now. I care about telling you how I really feel. And if that means during Occupy, I had right wingers attacking me and insulting me, I don't care. I didn't then. And if that means telling you now about how I feel about Trump and, the, and politics and the Democrats, so the left is mad at me, still don't care. I think a lot of people who are voting for Trump feel that way. You know, notably Johnny Rotten, for instance. Here's a guy who's a punk rocker. I'm really, really sure he doesn't care about what you think. In fact, I think he's an OG edgy boy who likes getting a rise out of you. Maybe that's why he wore the MAGA shirt. Or maybe he's just old and says, look, come on, be real. Trump is the better choice. 
These never Trumpers have no home. They're, they're going to be gone. They have nothing to, 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 to work on. For me, I never cared in the first place. I got to be honest, I never expected to get to this point where I had millions of subscribers. I just like talking about how I feel. I wouldn't mind going and skating all day and going fishing and ignoring all this. And truth be told, I'm not an overtly political person. That's why I'm a moderate. And that's why I've always been kind of left leaning. I'm not a staunch political figure. I've never been a hardcore Democrat. I've never gone and campaigned and said, this is exactly why we need these things. I've always been kind of like, I kind of feel this way about certain social issues. But when the culture war ramped up, and war being a big issue for me, I started to take more uh, take more notice in these stories, and it became more personal. I used to cover foreign conflict and crisis, and it became more personal because it was our country and our president. And I covered it because it was the biggest story in the country, and here we are now, and it's roped in everyone. Like I said, Alyssa Milano, she's not overtly political, but here she is. Same is true for me. It's funny because there have been some people, this, this guy I won't name, commented on my Instagram, and he said, I can't wait till Trump loses so that you go away. And I find it funny because I'm like, you do realize I've had this career, like I've been working in news and and politics for a decade. Like, I didn't just magically appear because of Trump. I've been covering big stories since Occupy Wall Street. And of course, I've gotten it from both the left and the right. And I'll tell you what, after this ends, if it does, I don't know what's going to happen. If Biden wins, I'll keep doing the exact same thing. And if the story shifts and become about China or whatever, I'll cover China. What these people don't seem to realize is that they made the news cycle this. I have tons of videos talking about China when the conflict arose. It's absolutely what I talked about. But now we're in the midst of a very serious political uh, election or an election. And that's what's important. I know what I'm doing and I know what I plan to do. But what about these never Trumpers, the rare conservative who went to help far left progressive critical race theorists and socialists who will ever forgive them? Nobody. Maybe they don't care, though. Maybe that's part of it. You know, he goes on to say, now the Colonel Clinks of conservatism, practically the only kind of colonel among these puny cheerleaders of every ridiculous military adventure they've bumbled us into in the last couple of decades, may imagine that when voters give them Trump again, they can wring a few more bucks out of their Silicon Valley suckers. The only thing they're good at is the grift. And the grifting is good right now. Yeah, they like to say I'm a grifter. They say Tim Pool's a grifter. I'm inviting leftists on my show. I think they don't realize how little I care about them and their tribe. I'll have on anybody, you know, who's willing to talk for the most part. But I love how when I came out and said, leftists don't want to go on these shows. You know why? You know, who the real grifters are the leftists and the never Trumpers, not the conservatives. Now, there is some conservative ink grift going on. I think there are certainly people on the right who scream and pretend to be conservative to make money. Sure, they exist. But I think it's funny how they're like, Tim Pool's a grifter. Why? What have I done? What's my what's my thing? They, they try and claim that because I want to vote for Trump, that proves I'm a grifter because because I said I was on the left. I've never been a staunch leftist. I vote, the last time I, vote, I voted was 2008. <laughs> now I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. They don't get it. They live in this paranoid world where they think their drama YouTube channels represent the actual left or the good guys. Newsflash, that dude on YouTube who, who claims to be a leftist, who's just saying whatever it is you want to hear, who never has anything bad to say about his side and then just makes garbage out of context drama videos. Yeah, he's lying to you. Now, maybe it's fair to say we all have our opinions and we all have our bias. I've gone into great detail and thought about why it is. I don't really care all that much about Trump and the Republicans. And I find the Democrats to be a very serious threat. Antifa, for instance, for instance, those are my opinions. Maybe they're not good ones. I don't know. 
but I mean it. I think it's funny that I can extend an olive branch to these grifter types and they pretend to want to do it. But then immediately, as soon as I say, welcome to the show, let's we'll fly you out. They say, oh, no, oh, oh, yeah, I can't do it. It's all a game to these people. The problem now is that these never Trumper types and these left wing grifters, they have nowhere to go when this is all over. So they're desperate for it to keep going. Deep down, they want Trump to win because they don't know what they'll do if Trump loses. I know what I'll do. I'll do exactly what I did when Occupy Wall Street ended. I started covering the stories that were important. Occupy Wall Street was important. After it ended, I went to Turkey. I went to Spain. I went to Morocco. I went to Egypt. I went to Ukraine. I went to Venezuela. I went to Brazil. I'll do exactly what I always do. Follow the stories that are important to people to tell them the news. And that's 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 my thing. Anyway, whatever, man. Never Trumpers suck. I'll leave it there. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Enjoy the debates tonight. Let's see how this plays out. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m.